Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Monday, May 16th. Uh, Happy National Barbecue Day, everyone. If you like your meats out there, I'm a brisket fan and a pulled pork fan, mostly a pulled pork fan. That's what I judge you most if I'm at your barbecue establishment. Shout out to all the people in there in uh, Kansas City, Memphis, St. Louis, lots of good barbecue spaces out there. If I didn't give love to your destination, email me, podcast at travelpulse.com, and let me know why your destination is fantastic in barbecue, because I love eating barbecue. I love looking at pictures of barbecue, all about it. So uh, that's enough food talk. We got a great show for you today talking travel, uh, big travel news coming up, and also some money-saving travel tips. But before I bring on today's guest, though, a quick note to my travel advisor listeners, Playa Resorts webinar is coming up May 24th at 2 p.m. Eastern time. You can catch up with Playa Hotels and Resorts on there, learn about their new resorts, new brands, new resources, and so much more. Attendees will also be entered to win a three-night stay for two at any Playa Hotel and Resort, which is fantastic. Who doesn't love free? Again, that's May 24th at 2 p.m. Eastern. You can register travelpulse.com backslash webinars. Check it out. And now joining me on the show today is Ryan Donchez, Groups Manager for VIP Vacations. Ryan, welcome to the show again, man. Thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, man. Brian brings great insights. So he's been on the show a couple of times, always available in a pinch when I need, uh, when someone drops out. So I really appreciate you, you jumping on. Ryan and I are going to dive into how to save money on travel a little bit later in the show and the money-saving travel tips that his expertise can deliver being a travel advisor. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening, let's dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. We begin with the EU. They lifted mask mandates for planes and airports last week, and Kitano Row also dropped its mask mandate. New Zealand plans to fully reopen international travel in July, so some destination news there. All good news for the recovery of travel, Ryan. So things are looking up on the industry, man. It looks good. How's, how's business for you and for VIP? Business is great. I will say it has been a very busy year in general. One thing I think a lot of advisors would be able to understand is May is a very busy travel time. Um, Part of what uh, my gig is, is uh, again, running our destination wedding groups. And while the beginning of the year, you might be booking a lot for the following few months or later that year, May is a very busy time to travel. So we had something like 25 weddings travel this month. And so while we might not be booking like crazy, 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 we are helping people get on their way, answering last minute questions, reviewing protocols with travelers, sending out their documents, things like that. And a lot of these weddings were rebooked maybe even two years ago. Uh, They were supposed to travel in 2020. So business is great. We're just really happy that our couples can finally go and, and say I do at their destination of choice. That's good. Yeah, a lot of positive outlook there and uh, things looking forward, you know, end of spring as we push into summer with uh, we're only a couple weeks away from Memorial Day uh, weekend, which is always kind of like the unofficial kickoff of summer, even though like uh, June 21st is the official day of summer or whatever day it is around around there. It's it's always Memorial Day weekend. You're like, ah, it's summertime now and it's going to be a big summer, which we're looking forward to. Um, research from Global Data, they uh, are projecting a full industry recovery worldwide by 2025. And I like to think that we can we can beat that. Um, I, at least I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm very you know positive and optimistic on that front. But we did have, there was a release today too, that uh, World Travel and Tourism Council's latest economic impact report said that the North American travel and tourism sector is projected to grow at an average annual rate of nearly 4% over the next decade, reaching an impressive $3.1 trillion in 2032. And uh, also going to be a uh, expected to create a staggering 9.5 new uh, 9.5 million new jobs 
over the next decade. So very exciting for the industry and in that on on that front. But it's it's a little weird to think about 2032 and like the 2030s. All right, all right, you know. How are they even projecting that far out? But, you know, some other good news. I did see Japan might finally be allowing some people. That's something that I've been keeping a close eye on over the last couple of years. They've been very, very safe in the way that they've been handling the outbreak. So everything is getting better as, as we keep moving on. And, and hopefully the countries that, that people want to travel to, the airlines, the cruise lines are all going to make it easier for our travelers to get to. Absolutely. Yeah. And but one, you know, roadblock, so to speak, that we're still going through right now is that pre-departure restrictions and then having to test to come back into the U.S. And uh, recently, last week, uh, two weeks ago, we had like over 260 uh, travel industry uh, suppliers and companies all came together and put a letter towards the White House. And then last week, now we had the U.S. airlines came through again. Again, I'd say it's been several, almost like a dozen times over the last uh, few of uh, last year here or whatever, that airlines and supplier companies all coming together to put pressure on the White House to lift those pre-departure restrictions and be able to not have that testing requirement in place. It's kind of like the last thing. So, Ryan, it, it's, uh, it's as I said, it's travel's biggest roadblock to uh, full recovery right now. But we know that it's going to come. We don't know when, but we do know that it's going to come. So how big of a travel boom do you think it's going to be once that does get lifted? What are you hearing from clients about? Are they waiting for that? I think it's going to be huge. Um you don't really hear from too many people that are afraid to travel because of the requirement. They don't want to get stuck outside the country and uh, anybody can, can understand that. So I don't know if, if you're being, if agents or, or, you know, your friends or family are, are, are talking about it because they know that they have to do this to come back into the destination once. So, so you're not, you're not aware of all the people that are waiting for this. And then once that clicks through, it's, it's really our last major hurdle um, like you mentioned, a lot of different organizations are pushing for it to be dropped. I will also call on my fellow travel advisors. If you haven't signed that petition, if you haven't started sharing those posts, I- I'm sure somebody in the government's looking at it. If we can keep making noise, uh, our fellow uh, travel lovers uh, that are you know hoping to get away, keep sharing it, keep pushing for it because it is definitely time to for our government to to rethink this. We have we have vaccines that people can get if they choose. We have ample testing in our country, even when cases seem to come up and down. We have testing wherever you can go, whether it's an at-home test where, you know, the the U.S. Postal Service was mailing home kits to people to, you know, keep themselves in check. We have antibiotics to help, you know, someone that might test positive. So I think we've come a long way since a couple of years ago, and this is really our last major hurdle to help that next travel boom that will be coming. Absolutely. Even even just in the last six months, things have really changed and and being able to, you know, accommodate that this is what people want. You know, this is what I would say the majority of of people who want to travel, like they they want that gone. And we've already seen that that's happened in other countries. They've removed that kind of stuff, especially over in Europe. So it's like how does has the virus that much different here compared to across the pond? And no, it's not. You know, we know that that it is, you know, it's impactful, yes, but this is what the people want and it's gonna help travel businesses and businesses all over the world really kick back up and even more so than they already have and what we've seen. So eventually it's going to happen and we'll get there and we will all rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. We're all going to rejoice. We will, yes. we will rejoice heavily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, continuing on with other airline news though, JetBlue and Southwest were the big winners of last week's JD Power um, North America airline satisfaction study. And speaking of Southwest, they also announced a big thing last week. They announced plans for a $2 billion investments in the coming years designed to improve the customer experience 
uh, from booking trips to deplaning. So um, Southwest is committed to, let's see what the rundown here. I mean, we talked a couple weeks ago a little bit about how they're testing free Wi-Fi in flights. So let's move forward and make that a thing. Uh, they're what they said in this $2 billion investment plan that they are committed to improving Wi-Fi connectivity on board the aircraft, installing onboard power ports to allow passengers to charge their devices at every seat, adding larger overhead bins, launching a new fare category with added flexibility and value in their Want to Get Away Plus plan, introducing more entertainment options and a wider selection of in-flight refreshments, and enabling new self-service capabilities. So, Ryan, it sounds like you know some big wins for Southwest all around right now. I mean, they, they kind of need some some of that, some good press. They've they've had a couple, you know, technology issues uh, in the last year has impacted um, flights for them. So, uh, what well, what do you think of the two billion dollar moves here? Before we even talk about some of those upgrades, I want to remember and, and and just go over some of the good things that Southwest already has too. They always have the some very low rates, and you know they call them the want to get away rate. We've seen the commercials when you're watching your NFL football on Sunday. They they've been around forever. It's a great price. Um, they've been really good with bag inclusions. They were uh, one of the first airlines that didn't charge change or cancel fees. They never had those. So they were uh, ahead of the ball compared to a lot of the other major U.S. airlines in those terms. So if we're going to catch up with some free Wi-Fi, which uh, not many airlines are doing that. And, and if they are, it's very limited, maybe just text messaging services, um, you know, uh, the, the charging ports. You don't realize how important that is until you fly on a plane that you don't have a charging port and you get to your destination and your phone is zapped for whatever reason after, you know, GPSing all morning or whatever. So these are all really, really great additions to already some amazing things that Southwest offered. I just wish I was in a a hub where I could take advantage of a few of these. Uh, The closest uh, major Southwest uh, hub for me, I think, is Baltimore, which is a few hours away. So I don't get to utilize some of their really cool uh, uh, perks for, for flying with them. but. You know, they, these are all massive upgrades and hopefully all the airlines continue to look at some of their deficiencies to help keep pushing the market forward. Agreed. Yeah, I think it's an industry wide thing that needs to be looked at from all of these major companies. And uh, maybe we'll get that, you know, with even more on the budget side with uh, Spirit and potentially merging with Frontier if that goes through. And, you know, JetBlue is making another hostile push for that. And they're asking Spirit investors to back out of the Frontier merger. So it's still kind of a mess on that whole situation as far as like the budget airlines are concerned. But yeah, Southwest making a big push to uh, to take that next step forward and, and be more of a household name, I guess, in the uh, aviation industry here. So I like it. Let, let's see how things shake out over the next few years and, and what happens. But I mean, I, you already kind of professed your love a little bit there for Southwest as a lot of people do have, um, you know, major, um, major love for them. They, they are, as I mentioned earlier, you know, they, they had, they were a big winner on the JD Power um, Airline Satisfaction study, they took home the top spot for uh, customer satisfaction in the economy, basic economy segment. So yeah, good for them. Let's see how it goes moving forward. And now some other airline news as we wrap up the airline sector segment of the show here. I'm just going to run through a few different stories here that happened over the last week, um, all crazy in their own various ways. And um, Ryan, let's get your take on this. So first up, Jamaica Airport, they shut down over air traffic controller strike that caused mass cancellations. I believe it was like last Thursday. Um, absolutely chaotic scene. I know that that impacted your business a little bit. So I'm excited, not necessarily excited, not really the right word, intrigued to see how that impacted you and how you dealt with that. Another crazy story though, Delaware, they lost their last commercial airline as Frontier pulled out. So that's crazy. A whole state that doesn't have their own commercial airline base there. So if you live in Delaware, you're going to have to 
uh, jet on over to uh, not even jet. You might have to run. You take a bus. Get on over to Philadelphia there. And then the last one is uh, $27 for a beer. That has been a thing in the New York City area airports, but their port authority now is going to crack down on that and uh, implement some investigations there and figure out why that that is the cause. And they're no longer going to be charging $27 for a beer. So various crazy stories in their own right. So Ryan, which one do you find crazier? You know, it is absolutely absurd to have to pay $27 for a beer. Um, But the biggest story there that came out and definitely impacted our company and I know tons of, of industry partners, is the Jamaica airport shut down. You wake up in the morning to be told that they're not accepting any flights or allowing flights to depart the country. Anybody that was set to travel. And unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, we do have a ton of weddings in May. We had one group where 20 to 30 people were set to arrive that day. Um, many of them got on a plane and either were rerouted to another city midway went all the way down, came all the way back. So they were stuck on a plane, two flights that day, or, you know, midway, they turned around. Um, and it, it first, you just think about the num- num- amount of money. Like you can't even quantify the amount of money that the island as a whole lost, but rebooking rooms, rebooking uh, airlines. And most most partners, if this happened, they, they waived any cancel fees or, or helped people to rebook. But just right. the amount of time wasted by agents, by reservation centers, travel insurance companies, because now they're dealing with with something totally uh, off the wall and their phone times go up. So if you're just doing a small update to your travel insurance, you can't get through on the phone. Um, I do want to provide a major, major shout out to one of my big partners, Sandals and Beaches Resorts. Um, They more than took care of the, the one group I had traveling to Jamaica um, the people that were able to get there the next day were offered a free shift in dates. They were not charged an extra night cost and they were allowed to shift it, completely shift their trip to arrive the next day, check out one day later. Um, and for anybody that couldn't make it, because you know, you can think about all these people that are now impacted by flight issues, they have to rebook something or try to change it. Flights are now sold out, or in many cases, these airlines were raising the prices so high knowing that people were trying to book it or to try to keep space available for those that were uh, canceled to maybe give them a free change into something. So we had a lot of people that couldn't make it to the wedding. And how horrible is that? Um, It's just terrible. And I feel so bad for the couple, but Sandals and Beaches gave them a future travel credit for exact dollar they spent. They can come back, use any of their properties, as long as we just, uh, I have to use my contact at at the hotel and I can work through it and help these people. So you know, things that, that you never would anticipate thinking of. And um, for, for an issue of a worker strike, which, you know, that, that's totally avoidable um, by their government. And I really hope they take a, a look at what the, the workers were upset about. It sounds like it was a mechanical issue or a program issue in the, in the airport itself where the, the, it wasn't, just wasn't cooperating and they kept telling their officials, this isn't working, we need to fix this. And to get the, the point across, they finally jumped on it. And so maybe they need to pay their workers a little bit more and fix the programs that they're using because you can't do this to, to people for an entire destination. It, it totally throws things against, against the wall and, and leaves so many people scrambling. It was a really hard week because of this. Not only the day that it happened, the following day, even today, now I'm, now I'm rebooking all these people that were still yeah. That were set to go, and I have to rework on it again. You know, travel agents aren't going to be paid their commission for these people until they travel. 
So we're just pushing more money forward. Such a huge headache. And I really hope that the Jamaican Tourism Board can push something for their government to never allow this to happen again. Yeah, this is something that just cannot happen. It's definitely the craziest one of the last of the last week. I mean, Delaware losing its uh, commercial airline is it's tough. That story did some crazy numbers on our Facebook engagements, which kind of shocked me a little bit. Uh, and then twenty seven dollars for a beer is is ludicrous, but they're cracking down on that, which is good. But yeah, the whole entire airport just shutting down, a country airport just shutting down like that. And yeah, like you said, that can never happen again. So we've got to make. Uh, strong pushes for that because uh, Jamaica is also getting new air service. Uh, Delta and JetBlue are coming in strong with more offerings for travelers. So this is something that they've got to get figured out. Pay the more people, pay pay more uh, money to their workers if that's what they're requesting for. Fix your equipment, get it in place because it's going to be a big summer uh, everywhere. And if this is still stuck in people's mind, they're not going to want to go to Jamaica, especially you know for peak season when it's upcoming with uh, holiday times and winter um, snowbirds, you know, flying down for Jamaica to travel all the time. You know, you got to get that stuff handled and, and make sure that you move past this and, and everything. So we like to hope that that is the case. And it's also this is just another story where you've got to work with a travel advisor if you're a consumer out there, because there are a number of people out there who did not have a travel advisor in their corner and they were screwed in in, in one sense, you know, of this. And, and that's an unfortunate situation. A lot of people uh, had a difficult time. But if you had an advisor on your side, you know, if you had, if you were working with Ryan, you know, he he helped it out there for you. So that's even if you just have someone to talk to about yeah. trying to get in another plane, what are we seeing? Can we get you to another city? Can we fly you into Kingston rather than Montego Bay? Things like that. Just having someone to talk to, to make sure your investment isn't lost. A two to $3,000 hotel cost plus another one to $2,000 in flights. Imagine if you're just on your own and you know, we, we're here to help you. This is a travel agent's time to shine is when these big, crazy events occur. Let us help you. That's what our job is. Absolutely. So that wraps up what is trending in travel. Still a lot of news that we didn't really get to touch on. So make sure you are subscribed to the Travel Pulse Daily Newsletter. You can check that out on our website and you can see a lot of other stuff that happened. I mean, we got some new hotels that are coming out, new all-inclusives, uh, Playa teaming up with Marriott, um, Hilton dropping new stuff in Tulum. So a lot of exciting things that we can't don't have all the time in the world to dive into so be sure to check all that all that news out travelpulse.com if you have any additional thoughts or comments or anything you can drop me an email podcast at travelpulse.com so now we're going to jump over to the theme of this week's show all about saving money so ryan i got to kick it to you first question what do you think is the best way for people to save money on travel the first thing i'm gonna you know uh, highlight is booking early it used to be you can sit around and if you want to go somewhere, you can do it right at the last minute. You know, there's hotels that want to sell a lot of space and, and, you know, and have their rooms utilized. There's airlines that want to sell their last few tickets. So they're not flying somewhere with a half empty plane. Um, I don't know if that's the case anymore. And, and again, we're, we're working with groups specifically at VIP and um, you can, you're helping with flights a lot of the, a lot of the time. And as you get closer and closer, these airlines are just spiking the rates up. They're spiking them up. And it's, it's doing the opposite of what used to be. And in many cases, the hotels are doing it too. They know that, that people want to travel. And you could have locked in a price six, eight, 10 months prior. So my first suggestion, again, is book early. Look at it early. Throw a deposit down and, and maybe look at your flights and, and get those situated first. Yeah, um, that was um, just to interject here, like, you know, that was kind of a... a a necessary thing years ago, even before the pandemic, but it's, it's like amplified to the max. It's so much more important now to be able to make sure you book early. So take it away with uh, the ne next one. 
And depending on if you're open, say you're open to a destination, your travel dates might be flexible. My suggestion would be to start with your airfare. Look, if you know you're going to Mexico and you have, you know, four, five, six, seven date combinations, start with the flights to really fine tune on what the, the, you know, the, the quote unquote cheapest, I'll say least expensive, what's your least expensive flight, and then use that to then highlight what hotels might be available based off the airfare. If you just shift a trip, maybe by a day or two, um, you can sometimes save hundreds of dollars per person strictly because of the airfare ticket. So I would start with your flights and, and use that as your, your directing point of where you want to take your vacation and when you want to go. Very helpful insight. Yes, as flight prices are continuing to rise along with pretty much everything else these, these days. So any additional advice on uh, looking uh, for travelers to save money on flights? I, you know, just do it early, do it early. It used to be, you can get a great deal three to six months out. It's I now see certain destinations seem to be the best at about 10 months, specifically St. Lucia, the Dominican Republic. Um, I, we, you're, you're looking at it early on again, 10 months, maybe. And you see something in the 600s or so per person. If it, what used to be maybe a $400 flight to go to the Caribbean or Mexico, an average cost now might be closer to six to 700. So, you know, don't scoff at that price because you're thinking six years ago, I went to the Dominican Republic for $400 on a nonstop flight. That's not going to happen anymore. So to just understand the market has changed. And for some specific destinations, again, maybe St. Lucia, maybe Turks and Caicos, Dominican Republic. 10 months out is, is a lot of times where I'm seeing the best, the best costs. Yeah. You got to be flexible and you got to know ahead of time of what you really want to do. And that, that goes back to kind of working with a travel advisor too. But I've, you know, uh, there are sites out there, Scott's cheap flights, shout out to them. They, they do well. And um, Skyscanner is another one. You can check around on Google flights too for deals. So, I mean, yes, booking early in, in that regard is true, but it also, you know, can benefit you if you want to be spontaneous and book um, those deals on a whim. Sometimes they're last minute deals. Sometimes mistake fares happen for for trips down the line too. So you just kind of got to be savvy with that. And I think that goes back to, you know, working with an advisor who can kind of be on top of the, some of those deals to notify you of like, hey, I just got this email alert about, you know, XYZ destination has a, a fare for, you know, only 150 bucks. Like, do you want to go here instead? You've been talking about this and blah, blah, blah and everything. So I think that helps with that. But you, you know, you're the expert here. How else do travel advisors really save their clients money? Any firsthand stories of big savings from uh, VIB, uh, VIP vacations that have snagged for their clients over the years? Yeah, that's the, a that's the question we get all the time. You know, why do we use yeah. an advisor? How can you really save us that money? And, you know, first and foremost, we have a ton of partners that all fight for space at hotels or fight for space on planes that aren't directly accessible to a consumer looking up their own trip. And we, we want to look at all those websites, all those different partners that might have that best price for you. We want to compare all those. And again, it, you, there are companies out there that are consumer facing that uh, someone can book by, but not use a travel agent. What, what, what isn't uh, maybe known to many people is that those same websites have a sister company uh, in many cases where it's a travel agent rate. And then those travel agent websites might have promotions, promo codes, um, exclusive partner discounts, whether for it's that month, that week, that day, that you as a consumer might not be aware of. So we have we have some insider tools. And in many cases, we have great relationships with a lot of the hotels that are recommended. So you might be booking a lead-in category, and we might have someone at the hotel that knows, hey, this is a VIP client. 
uh, VIP, and they're going to help out with maybe an upgrade, maybe a candlelight dinner, a massage or something just as a bonus that you're not paying for. That's not coming out of your pocket ahead of time. And they're just little perks right there. Um, just specific stories uh, of saving people money. Um, speaking from a group's department uh, kind of uh, viewpoint. When, when we work with a contract and we work with a wedding group, that rate is locked in. And if say you, you want to jump in on the wedding a month prior, you weren't able to make it, but now you can go. The hotel probably spiked up the price. If you're just going to call them directly, it might be one, two, three thousand dollars more. But by using the travel agency that a wedding, uh, a wedding couple may have contracted with, we have a price locked in, set to go. As long as that room is, is ready, we pull it in and you're going to get that savings that everybody else in the group already received. And just to compare to a live cost that uh, versus what a group rate that someone locked in a month, uh, a year prior versus what's going live, the savings can be so huge. So I'm also just going to throw out there, if you are a prospective group leader, whether it's wedding, social group, or an incentive group that you want to run for your company, I definitely recommend contracting something. Contract a rate, lock in your room block, get your room block set. So everybody that you think might come has an opportunity to come and the hotel doesn't sell out. But then again, that price that price is stuck. It's never going to increase on your friends and family. You don't have to worry about your cousin paying two times the amount that your, your brother paid. It, it's, it's a really great perk when a, a rate is locked in and the rooms are held ahead of time. And that's key because we are seeing a lot more people doing group travel. And, you know, you mentioned weddings and stuff is, is happening. We, you know, so many weddings and honeymoons were pushed off and we're, we're seeing that. So we're seeing more group travel. So if that's something that you're interested in, make sure you follow that tip. I think that's great advice there. You know, we did talk about, you know, Southwest, they have their good deals and, you know, Spirit and Frontier, very budget friendly and everything earlier in the, in, in the show and stuff. But as far as, you know, budget travel goes, are there specific brands or any types of types of vacations that you think are ripe for budget travel these days? Or has budget travel, you know, really, you know, changed over the years as, as the pandemic really changed that as well as well as it's changed so much of the industry? You know, there are still deals to be had there. Um my big selling destinations continue to be Mexico, the Dominican Republic, Jamaica. Um, in terms of airlift from the United States, they're less expensive than a lot of the other uh, Caribbean destinations. Um, and you know, specific hotel brands that I, I'm really a huge fan of in general. You have the AM Resorts collection. Um, that's Secrets Hotels, uh, Dreams Resort. Now they, they own a ton of different brands under their umbrella. Um, from a room standpoint, they have great lead-in room category rates. You know, if you just want to get there, you, you're okay with the junior suite, the regular room type. Um, right off the bat, the AM Resorts collection in most cases seems to be a great uh, starting point for, for those destinations. I'm a big fan of uh, a specific hotel. Um, it, it's the Eldorado Seaside Suites and the Eldorado Seaside Palms. It's almost like one big complex, um, technically two different hotels. Always, 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 when I'm looking at a five-star hotel in Mexico and, and the clients are open, that, that one is one to jump out. And I think a lot of it has to do with the Palms section, Eldorado, Se Eldorado Seaside Palms. I think it used to be a Canadian exclusive or they used to hold uh, a lot of rooms for Canadians specifically. 
and many Canadian citizens haven't been able to travel for a while. So they opened that up to the U.S. market a little bit more, more rooms available to U.S. travelers, and the price point is always really good. I also want to highlight um, some hard rock resorts that I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of and big partner with. I love Hard Rock Riviera Maya. Um, they have an adults-only section. They have a family-friendly section. It's a big property, but there's tons to do. Always at a great price point. Hard Rock Punta Cana. Massive hotel, like big, 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 big. If you don't like big hotels, it's probably not the one for you. But um, great amenities. They just rebuilt a water park. And again, usually some really, really great room rates, some great lead-in room rates. So those are some brands that I'm a huge fan of if you have a specific price point and to still get a four and a half to five star hotel where for some great all-inclusive experiences. That's great. Yeah. Budget travel doesn't necessarily have to mean that you are staying at a super cheap place or it's not as nice or anything like that. I think you have to work within what, you know, your budget is and define that and then work with the travel advisor and find those deals to be able to meet what your budget can allow and what you can pay for. And, you know, really, I think all inclusives are ripe for that right now. And what, what we are, where we're at in the industry, you know, Europe is reopening. Yes, Asia is slowly reopening. And, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, think budget travel and you think like backpacking through Europe or something like that. You can still do that. But I think, you know, for what you're going to spend wise now, you're going to have a better experience going to all inclusive resort, in my personal opinion. So and I think and you find good deals too. And what's even crazier, a lot of people, they'll take a look at this and, and think, you know, oh, I can save money maybe by just traveling the United States. And in some cases, you know, that that's probably true. But it's it's not always the it's not always the case. And I had clients that went to South Carolina and they ended up paying more than they would have if they would have went to Mexico, which is totally cool. They wanted to go there. Um, you, you wouldn't think about it, but like dude ranches out in Midwest, very, very high end, very expensive uh, type of trip. So sometimes even just staying at home and going somewhere in the United States is not more cost effective than, than perhaps doing an all-inclusive lavish, you know, type of experience. Right. Yeah. And I think that it all boils down to, you know, what your budget, how much you want to spend and what you really want to get out of your trip. Cause you know, those people that went to South Carolina maybe really loved that, but you know, if they were very money conscious and money focused, then, you know, when it's all said and done, like you said, they probably, you know, could have gone to Mexico and saved some money in there. So if money is your focal point, you know, and that's why you're listening to the show or you have clients that are very money centric and money focused, then, you know, all-inclusive is, is a pretty solid spot to look at right now. And and I would say cruising too, if you can find the good deals, um, there are all-inclusive cruises out there. There are some that are a little more costly than others. So again, that all goes back to what we've said time and time again, work with that travel advisor because they're going to be able to help you out in that, in that regard. So Ryan, as we're closing up time here, any any um, closing advice that you want to pass on to our travel advisor listeners uh, who they're come to their clients, their clients come to them about money and budget and everything? You know, it's very common that someone will just come out and tell you, I'm on a budget. Uh, it, it's a hard question, but it has to be asked and, and you have to get that dollar amount. And so many uh, consumers, so many travelers want are almost a little tight uh, tight to the vest with it and, and want to hold that in um, just to see what you can come up with. But th- it's not really doable unless you know the dollar amount. And one of the piece of advice I always gave to people on training and our team, if they come to you and they say, uh, whatever's you know cheapest, 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 uh, I just, I'm on a budget, throw out $5,000. Okay. So $5,000, is that good for your family? No. Okay. Then they'll usually come back and tell you what that dollar amount is, or they'll say, yeah, sure. That's about what I'm thinking. Um, throw out a number, see what they say. 
And it's just being upfront and honest about what they should expect. If they come to you and say, I'm not spending more than $1,500, I like to present them what they can get at that $1,500 per person. And then if they, uh, you have a maybe a little bit of room to grow to 1700, which is a lot of money, that $200 difference. It can be a lot of money to somebody, um, but uh, show the additional services they would get uh, just by expanding it a little bit, whether it's uh, a hotel that's tried and true to you, you know that they're going to get a much better room out of it or just have a better experience because of the food, the service, the staff. I like to then present it. This is maybe something that fits your budget. If you have a little bit more uh, and you and you don't mind maybe just increasing it just a little bit, here's what you can get that might be a little bit better for you. And it's just that honest flow of conversation. You almost have to flat out say it. Don't don't let them walk around and, and, and try to you know surprise you because you're going to end up sending a budget that might be higher than what they want to pay. And then you just wasted all that time working on a trip, putting an itinerary and proposal together that's not even going to be reviewed. So make sure you get the dollar amount. And then once you have it, See if you can stretch it for something. If if there's something that you like better, that you know, just tell them and 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 lay out those those differences. Yeah, you got to be upfront, and it's, that's all great insight and great advice on that. I appreciate it. He's Ryan Donchez. Ryan's on the road on Instagram. Vacationsbyvip.com is where you can find him. Thank you so much for joining the show today, Ryan. I really appreciate it. Hey, always happy to help. Thanks so much. All right, that wraps up what we've got going for this week. Thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, podcast at travelpulse.com is the email you can reach out with any thoughts hit us up thanks for listening folks have a great week 